Well, I'm out here at the back of, uh, it's actually Fisherman's Wharf in a secret shed where I'm led to believe the actual vehicle is being built. That's the vehicle that's going to navigate the seabed from Mandora to Mindle Beach, a four-wheel drive that is going to drive underwater and potentially set a world record. And I'm going to see if I can meet the guys and figure out exactly what's going on behind these roller doors. Tommy. Hey, mate. Hey, how are you? Andy, good to see you. Good to see you. Luke? Andy, how are you? Yeah, fantastic. We have, this is the Bat Cave where Aquaman's car is being built right now. So if you'd like to come in, have a look, meet the crew. Fantastic. G'day, this mate. This is uh, one of our dive specialists. His name's Travis. He's going to be diving and driving with us at the moment. What's your role in this whole operation? Uh, commercial diver by background, so I'll be one of the guys driving the vehicle on the day. I'm also a fabrication engineer, and I've done a lot of the builds. Uh, we had this car at my house in Melbourne for maybe maybe three months. We did we did a lot of the build in the cold, and now we're uh, obviously up in sunny Darwin, 32 degrees, pleasant weather all day, every day. So, got different challenges here. It was so cold, it was freezing, it was the worst. But we were very we were, we were grateful for the hospita- hospitality, nonetheless. Trav, Trav's got a gas axe here. And what he's doing is he's cutting big, thick steel plates. Like this would be, what, it's almost full inch. It's, yeah, it's really heavy. And so the car's got to go underwater. And um, part of that is an oil compensation waterproofing system, which means we have pressurized oil that is inside all of the containers that all of our electronics and uh, battery systems sit inside. So how we pressurize it is we've got two big bladders and these weights sit on top of the bladders, squashing them like a balloon, squirting water out the end of the balloon. But instead of being full of water, the bladders are full of a silicon oil, which is like, it's inert, and uh, it stops any water from ingressing into the seals by pressing oil out of the seals. When you are at primary school, Trav, when the teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up, did you say, I want to be an underwater car driver? I did not. I think I think the teachers at school were they were quite upset at me because I wouldn't I wouldn't sit down, I wouldn't listen, I wouldn't learn in the traditional sense, but I think you do need people that are focused during chaos like myself to uh, to achieve these types of types of things. Any personal goals for the trip while you're driving a car underwater? So uh, we're obviously going to achieve two two world records if we achieve this feat. We're going to achieve the longest drive in an underwater car and we're going to achieve the deepest drive in an underwater car. I'm intending on setting a personal world record by spearfishing a fish without leaving my vehicle. Yes. <laughs> so that's my yes. that's my own personal goal for the day and um, yeah we'll see if I can pull up the trifecta. It's the ultimate drive by <laughs> come and have a yeah, look at the rest of the car. Come check this out. Meet the rest of the team. This is uh, where it starts getting a bit hectic. We meet the electrical engineering crew. Alright, so we're standing at the, the, the front of the car here. Walk us through. So you'd normally have a bonnet here, that's off, it will go back on. Behind the grill, traditionally you'd have a radiator. What we've got here is a big silver aluminium box with a transparent piece of perspex on the top of it. And inside of it looks like uh, sort of spaghetti. a... Co- it's kind of, yeah, Fruit Loops and spaghetti type sort of vibe. And- yeah, it's uh, basically the brains of the operation live in there and it's completely submerged in silicon oil. So the idea, the theory behind this whole build is if you get rid of all of the air, the water's got nowhere to go. And it's kind of that simple. And to be honest, I think this whole project has been a very steep learning curve 
on how to keep water away from things. I've basically had to take every engineering shortcut I knew and some that I invented along the way to get this done. Like it's really thinking outside the square stuff and the people around me have helped that happen. How excited are you, mate? Ah, uh, ask me on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see it do its job. You know, like we called it the mud crab because they can go anywhere and they're such a diverse creature that can drive on any, that can walk on any terrain and this little cruiser will mimic that. I'm just looking down here at the front tyres too, like tyres are a big thing up here in the Territory for the four-wheel driving, but do tyres really matter when you're, when you're on the, the bed of the ocean? I reckon they do, definitely, probably even more so. Like if we get stuck down there, it's not like we can just get another recovery vehicle in and snatch trap us out, like we're going to be relying on our own resources down there. So we've actually got some big Maxxis tyres and uh, they're a 37-inch uh, Trepador all-terrain tyre, but they're very aggressive and I think they'll do the job for us perfectly. I bet you when they were inventing those all-terrain tyres, they didn't think, and you can go on the bed of the ocean. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they were, but they were, they were designing them to be able to run really low pressures and figuring out the pressures that we're going to run in those tyres has been like countless hours uh, at night. What we figured out in the end is we're going to fill the tyres with water uh, and we're going to pressurise that water to about 45 psi uh, for the descent. At the bottom, the air pressure will compress the tyres down, any air in there will compress, and as we endure the ascent, we're going to have to get out as the divers and um, deflate the tyres, like you would if you were heading down the beach on the weekend, but for us we're going to be deflating the tyres so we can endure the ascent across softer sand. It's like driving up a giant sand dune, uh, but with obviously different pressures. So Glenn, you're the electrical engineer. Tell us about the electric motor. It's basically, it's about a 100 kilowatt three-phase motor. And then so for that as well, you've already seen in this control box in front of us, but there's, a, there's an inverter essentially that goes, converts the DC into AC. Mm -hmm. So it's quite efficient. It has all of its torque from zero up here. A lot of torque, which is really important because we've got big wheels full of water uh, and we're pushing against something which is a thousand times as difficult to press against as the air is. So, um, so talk's important. Hey mate, nice to meet you. What's your role? Sort of a mixed bag. I'm a diver, underwater welder, and I'm also doing engineering at uni. So, Glenn, very specialised and understands the system deeply. I've sort of, I guess, used my experience subsea to, I don't know, understand how things might react as we get a bit deeper. And yeah, like figuring out the, the pressure compensation system for the oil. Like my dad was around for the first one. So he was, he was a diver and I don't know if he was on, like he was definitely around, I don't know if he drove it. Similar to Tommy, like I'm a Darwin boy, so I grew up hearing the stories of Tim Proctor doing it. And yeah. I always thought he made it, but only when we started doing this I realised that he didn't. So it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, complete a bit of Darwin history. How many people will be in the car at any one time? Like this is, this is not like a family camping trip, is it? No, it'll be, we're sort of restricted with divers for the, for the deepest stuff. You've only got about 15 minutes on the bottom, so we're looking at having 30 divers to complete this. Might sound like a silly question, but um, can't see any seatbelts here, fellas. Is it safe? <laughs> Is there a law about under 5 k's an hour? I'm not sure. <laughs> and what will the guys um, or girls that sit in the car here, what will they be seeing that's not audio? Will they have any sort of sonar or any... Any vision? Like, I understand it's, it's, it's going to be pitch black, isn't it? They're not going to see what you can see with your own eyes. 
That's it. And we were, we were sort of discussing it. It's a really, probably the best set of tides of the year that we picked for this one. So we're hopeful we'll get some good viz compared to the original where they couldn't even see over the bonnet. Just while we're in here in, the, in what I'll call the cockpit, there's a fire missile button and there's an eject button. Are they real? Can yeah. I press that? Yeah, push it. <laughs> Pretty much these buttons are completely functional. When you push this panic button that you see here, yep. absolutely nothing happens and you know you're <laughs> okay. That's what you push. Jamie, tell us what, what you do and what you've done for the mission. Um, I've just been helping out with tie-downs where I can, working on the body. Um, I've never done bog on a car before, but I've definitely done plenty of bog, so this is no different. <laughs> but um, whatever works, it's getting there, it's going to look good at the end, and yeah, it'll be a sweet day. What are the chances of success, do you reckon, just from the person that does the bogs? 101% success rate. There we go. Yep. <laughs> I think like everyone's getting more and more nervous as we get closer and closer to it. We've we've all put in such a huge amount of time and effort into into this. We'd um, we'd all be gutted if it failed. And I think one of the big things we're all keeping an eye on now is the weather. Um, you know, we've had a couple of really really good tides um, for springs. They've just been so with the clarity for springs. The boys went out for a dive yesterday and we were looking at like four or five meters on the springs in Darwin Harbour, which is really impressive. So. If it sort of stays like that and the wind holds off, um, we could be on for an absolute glamour of a day. At the same time, Darwin dry season, uh, you know, the winds can come in hard and thick and, um, you know, we'll, we kinda, we'll see what happens. Like I said, they're a great bunch of people and we really couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, it's been um, a hectic adventure and hopefully by Saturday we've got a, a fairy tale ending and tell you all. Tales from the Tinny.